We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's RVRADIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Happy Championship Week, everybody. Welcome into the latest edition of the uh, Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. I am Eric Balkman from the FFPC, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, and the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. Um, want to uh, remind everybody to play the FFPC Weekly Challenge uh, this week for Week 16. There's no uh, Week 17, beg your pardon. There's no draft, no salary cap. You just pick the 10 or 12 players that you want to if you want to play in the 10-player 10 uh, 10 format uh, that does not include uh, kickers and defenses, you can do that. Play in the 12-team format with kickers and defenses, you can do that as well. You can play in a 100-team league, a 30-team league, or you can play in a 10-team league where if you beat the other nine players in there, you will win a free entry to the 2023 FFPC main event to play for a $1 million grand prize. Um, <clears throat> you can uh, also play for a $35 entry as well. That's all at myffpc.com. Don't forget uh, that the playoff challenges uh, registration are live. Um, myffpc.com is where to go to register for the world famous FFPC playoff challenge, a $500,000 grand prize, $200 entry and football guys playoff challenge, a hundred thousand dollar grand prize, just a $35 entry in that as well. Um, real simple, set it and forget it. You don't mess around with your lineups, uh, throughout the, uh, the duration of the playoffs. There's no draft. There's no salary cap that, uh, just pick one player per NFL team, fade two teams that are in the playoffs and there's your lineup. And uh, hopefully you can win a half million dollars or a one hundred thousand uh, dollars grand prize. Uh, without further ado, let's get into uh, the show tonight. I want to welcome in 
the week 16 second place team owner in the FFPC main event as he is just one spot away from a $1 million grand prize. One spot away and one week away from a $1 million grand prize. Uh, you follow him on Twitter at Amity Hooks. Please welcome in Norm Barons. Norm, happy championship week to you, man. Happy championship week to you too, Bulk. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I, I, I'm going for a few titles, but nowhere near what you're going for here in the main event. And it's, it's, it's wild because I looked at, um, you know, you, I don't want to say you limped into the championship round, but you were further down on the draft board. And then I want to say you put up a, a, a two twenty three right in week 15. Is that accurate? Yeah, that was, that was pretty impressive. And that was not expected. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, well, I mean, what was that like watching that, seeing yourself rise up the leaderboard? I got to be honest, I'm a superstitious person, so I don't usually watch a lot of the games when I get to this level of play at the championship round. And all the years that we've done the championship round, we don't usually have uh, – we're more middling, especially when you look at an 823-team uh, smorgasbord of players here that we don't usually get into this rarefied error. So we weren't even expecting that, and to, and to have it hit was fantastic. Yeah, and now and now you're just one spot away, one week away, as I just alluded to. It could be a huge payday. And even if you finish in second, that's a huge payday as well. Uh, in the episode uh, that you're about to watch tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we'll break down the difficult start-sit decisions that Norm's facing this week, uh, who he got right in his player evaluations this season, uh, and why he got them right, and so much more. Um, so to kick things off tonight, Norm, I, I think the, the best thing to do it is, is, is talk about the quarterback situation and how you've been handling this position in the championship round thus far. Um, Trevor Lawrence against Dallas in Week 15 is who you went with. Last week, you chose Brock Purdy against Washington. Now you have uh, a situation that everything's on the line. you really got to get this position right. Trevor Lawrence is playing the Texans. Brock Purdy is playing the Raiders, and you also have Tyler Huntley on this roster, the, the freshly named Pro Bowl fourth alternate in the AFC, which I still can't believe. Tyler Huntley against the Steelers. What's the conversation been like? And I assume you have you have co-owners with this, right? Yeah, my, uh, Jason Durr is my co-owner, and we, we've we obviously gone round and round on this. And for anyone listening, to, to listen to those starting quarterbacks, they're all probably asking, how, how are you even here? Um, we started with Russ Wilson. We had a lot of confidence in that. It's been a long road. We drafted him way late. We expected to be able to sleep on and push out the QB position and get those other positions filled. And obviously Russ is a dumpster fire in Denver. And, and we had Jimmy G at midseason. And we were also lucky enough to be able to get Trevor Lawrence, who we've kind of relied on as our QB one, which I'm not at all embarrassed about because he's produced. Last week was a unique situation with the weather that was going to be in Jersey on a Thursday play, which nobody likes Thursday. I don't like Thursday plays because it always seems to be a stinker for, for those who are into it, but the weather. And then, you know, just the fact that they're up against the jets who are trying really hard to make it a, a show and sauce Gardner is obviously a, one of the best. So we, we benched Trevor and it was, you know, we still ended up being in the same ballpark with Purdy uh, as far as total points, but Trevor still would have been the better play. Tyler Huntley's not in the mix for us. I don't think there's no chance that he's going to be the play there, but we're still, we're still looking at the options here because obviously we have matchups. We have Trevor Lawrence and we have a uh, Jacksonville wide receiver. We have Purdy, we have Kittle. Um, so there's benefits to both of them. And we're just going to have to try and pick the right one. The Jaguars and Texans kick off on Sunday at 1 PM, the 49ers um, and Raiders are kicking off at 4:05 on Sunday afternoon. I assume, Norman, I don't want to, you know, be presumptuous here. 
I assume this decision is probably going to be made right around noon or 1230 Eastern time on Sunday. Yeah, we both try and make sure that we have our, our at least our basic understanding of what we want for rosters set before the one o'clock game time. But we're always leaving the option for what else might happen in case news breaks or the weather or what have you, especially at this part of the season. Um, yeah, I, I we're still we're still trying to enjoy the fact that we're at the, the second seat of the overall championship uh competition right now so i'm trying really hard not to overthink things right now because there's still a lot of information to be gathered um and that four o'clock play is actually preferred for me because we don't have any monday night plays Mm -hmm. and nothing's worse than being in a in a a competition like this and having your your lead or your lack of lead be enhanced and or melting away because other players other teams that you're competing against have players in those matchups and if you look at the the board for who's around us in seeding there's a lot of Josh Allen's there. There's a lot of T Higgins is mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. And I'm not excited about that at all. So I'm, I'm leaning towards the later plays. It's not going to make much of a difference though. So it's just a matter of which, which QB is going to be the better play for us. And I, I will look forward to, to seeing what you guys decide when I look at that on Sunday, you're trailing the gold bills franchise, obviously um, Don Baranye, uh Sean Stutzman um, and Nick Costantino, the guys who won the main event last year, um, are up on you by a little bit less than 20 points for first place this year. Do you think you and Jason, are, are you going to make any adjustments to your lineup that you maybe wouldn't normally do to try to secure that million? Because even if you, even if you don't get the million, I mean, you, you stay in second place, that's still a six figure grand prize or a six, uh, six figure uh, runner up prize. Yeah, I, I don't know that we're going to make any adjustments based on what they submit. It's always about you know, submitting the best roster, period. Um, I, I have to say out front, I, I think they're going to walk away with it again. I, I think that they went forward into the future and came back with Biff Tannen sport, Sports <laughs> Almanac because they're playing everything right every week, both years, and there's no way this isn't uh, – I'm just kidding. I don't want to think that they they think I'm cheat they that they're cheating, but they're well, they're killing I mean, it. But but yeah, I mean think think about that though. Like you know, so even if you're saying they're cheating, it's like it's like how are they? You know, because they're making these unbelievable. You know, right. we talked about this. Um, I can't remember what. Show, oh, uh, Mike Show uh, was on with me um, on the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. Not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before. And that was the week that they that the Go Bills guys had to decide between um, uh, they had to pick two uh, of these three guys, and it was Bam Knight, Zay Jones, and um, Jarek McKinnon. And they had Bam Knight in there, but then they decided not. They decided Costantino told Mike, "Yeah, we took him out because we thought everybody would have him." And they went from 48th place to first because they played Zay Jones in his three touchdown game. And then Jarek McKinnon, who obviously blew up that week as well. So it's like, like for whatever reason, um, they they have, you know, I, I made a deal with Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox, and, and perhaps they have access to this stuff that we yeah. just don't. I'm not sure, uh, but you raise a good point uh, for sure, Norm. This is this is this is wild. Um, AJ Dillon, I'm specifically talking about your lineup. AJ Dillon is in at flex at, at last check for me. Um, how much have you considered? And I think you kind of alluded to this when I was asking you that quarterback question. How much have you considered stacking Zay Jones at flex, benching AJ Dillon, and then putting Trevor Lawrence in there and hoping they hook up on, you know, a, a big, massive, you know, three touchdown game like they did in Week 15? That's a lot of our our conversation is going to hinge upon that that 
stack. If we go with uh, Trevor Lawrence, we're, we're probably going to have Zay in there. And we also benefited from having Zay in that first week of the playoff with his three touchdowns. Um, uh, so the, depending on the stack, that's probably where we'll go with whatever QB we start. AJ Dillon, though, is a good option too. Um, we're, we're living and dying by the flexes, uh, not dying, but we're, we're living at the, at the point where RB1, RB2, wide one, wide two are kind of static. We're not going to move away from them because they're, they're the go-tos that we've drafted and, and lived in and well died with all season long. So it's, it's a matter of looking at the flexes and what are our best options. We've got Pollard, we've got Dillon, we've got Zay, we've got the possibility of a Dolchich or a Komet probably to a lesser degree with their point and a half premium. Um, so uh, yeah, it is something to consider, but again, it's, it's going to depend on some of who we play at quarterback and then better, better part will be what about the matchups? So if you play Lawrence, you're probably going to play Zay Jones, right? Probably. I mean, that would be logical, but again, there's, there's stranger things have happened. We right. would have been better off last week if we had played Trevor and not played Zay and we didn't play Zay. Uh, but uh, it's it's hard to break that stack when you're at this point. I mean, you've you've kind of had them in there all along, but this is where again, the flex position has always been the uh, the albatross for everybody, where you really want to make the right call and you have so many options available to you if you're able to have a roster that has that. I still stress over the fact on Wednesday nights I'm like, oh, we got to do fab, and and there's no fab to be had, and there hasn't been for a couple weeks now. So um, having the the last gasp of of whatever players you have on your roster available and alive and now we're faced with more of the decision of what teams are going to start sitting people what teams are going to start resting people to consider and we last week we had weather to consider so i'm hoping that this knock on wood this weekend isn't as bad for weather but the resting and the and the sitting stuff is going to be also weighed in with this and we are uh, again having to always monitor injuries and what effect that has on our roster because there's no saving grace of a fab on sunday Right, exactly. And and you alluded to this too with the, the other tight ends you have on your roster besides George Kittle. But Cole Komet has a pretty good matchup against a, a less than stellar Detroit defense. Greg Dulcich is probably going to have a positive game script, you would think, with the Chiefs being you know two touchdown favorites against the Broncos. Um, given that this is, again, tight end premium scoring, is it likely that either of these guys find your way in, in, into your lineup? I know you're considering it, but how serious is that consideration? You know, it's funny because uh, Jason and I had talked about this. We, If we were like we normally are when we were into this dance, I mean, we've been doing this for a number of years. If we were in the in the 500s and 600s and we wanted to do something that was a risk because there's nothing to lose, mm-hmm. uh, I'd be more open to the thought. But at this point, and not that we're trying to be not aggressive or, or too careful, but we definitely are going to weigh more of the options of, okay, who's actually going to give us the better safety of, of production. And, and agreeably Dolchitz has been coming on, but now he's what, he's got a hammy issue and that whole, that whole front office is on fire. And I just don't have a comfort with sitting on Dolchitz in a flex when we could have Zay or AJ Dillon, who both are going to want to play and play at the top of their game. You know, I and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but even though you're trailing um, first place by about 18 points, it almost seems like you guys are are looking at this, uh, you know, the standpoint of like, okay, well, even if we don't win um, the the million dollar grand prize this week, there's still a lot of money to be had. Um, we'll settle for two hundred thousand dollars a second. We'll settle for a hundred thousand dollars a third, and that's how sort of how you're you're framing this, where you're almost setting your lineup based on 
high floor rather than high ceiling. Yeah. You and I talked about this when we did the podcast back in, in 2021, where we, we, as, as players, we don't really gear for this time of year as the, the coup de grace, if you will, we look at the first 14 weeks and say, that's how you make your profitability and your buy-in for the next year. And that's what we really focus on. This is all icing. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we're even here is just exciting and entertaining. Um, I don't want to lose. I don't want to fall down. I don't want to lose out to the Buffalo guys again and their almanac from the year from Biff Tannen. But (laughs) I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I'm I'm struggling to not be overconfident and also struggling to not be like, well, we're just not even going to get anything. So even though we're in second, because I've seen, what was it last year? 20 teams in the top 11 teams in the top 20 fell out of the top 20. Five of them were in the top 10. So that's a pretty big push from the top down when you go from the second to last week to the finals. And I don't want to be a part of that. So again, this is where the stress is on the, the excitement is on, but it's also, uh, this is where you make or break your team in this stage of this championship. I, in, in looking at this team that you have in second place, I always, you know, anytime a guest comes on, I always like to look at the draft, um, look at their line of decisions, look at their, that they're fab. And I looked at your, your transactions this year. And, and I feel like compared to a lot of the other players that, that we've had on shows this year, I feel like you guys were more active on the waiver wire uh, uh, for this team, you know, and you already talked about it, the quarterback thing where you start out with Russell Wilson and then you bounce around with Jimmy Garoppolo now Trevor Lawrence, Tyler Huntley and, and Brock Purdy. Do you, do you feel like this team, for whatever reason, you were more active on the waiver wire in trying to make this team, not only a good team, but a great team. Yeah, we were, um, we're always active on fab. I mean, that's, that's where, uh, you know, Jason's a big anchor for me because I have a tendency to get frustrated with players, especially some of the younger players, and just say, cut it. Cut bait, uh, get someone who's going to be productive this past week. Not that I go chasing, and I cer- certainly don't try and break the bank on these things, but we are active on fab. If you really looked at our a deep dive into our fab, you'd probably see a lot of waffling where we cut someone and then, yeah. then we sign them back and then cut them again. Uh, and that's not indecision. Some of that is purposeful, uh, especially towards the end of the season. Uh, where we're cycling through defenses to try and protect uh, anything that we might have. It's kind of a jerk move, if you will. But sometimes we we look at our opponents and say, okay, we want to make sure that they don't have this player or that player available to them. So we do try and play defensive as much as we can within the confines of knowing that our quarterback room was a shit show. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we were more active. And this year was even stranger for us because I think I think everyone can acknowledge it. I've seen some people talking about it on Twitter where – there really wasn't a make or break uh, fab signing in the first couple of weeks for anybody. Right. There was last year, we benefited from one of our teams that did well. That was Elijah Mitchell. We got him in the first week and we broke bank to get him, but he made our championship. And there really, I don't feel like there was that this year. There wasn't anything that was like, Holy cow, this guy was not drafted by anyone. And somebody signed him. Maybe some Damian Pierce's late by early drafters that didn't have him off the board when he was at the start of the season for most of the drafts, but I don't, and even then because of the injury, he wasn't as productive these last couple weeks, obviously. So there's no benefit to that. I don't feel like there is any real fab barn busters of what people can walk away with and say, I stuck the pin on that and it saved my team. We were in constant reaction mode for what is it this week that we can possibly sign and not break the bank on it. Cause we know we're gonna have to keep doing this. Yeah. It was almost like a methodical thing where it's just like, okay, um, we didn't have to blow three, four, five hundred dollars in the first couple of weeks. So now you can kind of like 
you know, bites chip at away. the apple, chip away at your fab and, and just make these strategic moves, whether it's keeping players off other people's rosters or whether you're playing the matchups with kicker, uh, not kickers, but defenses or tight ends or what have you, then you had that luxury to do that this year because there wasn't that big, um, that, that big um, must have guy, got to have guy where everybody's blowing all their fab. On the, I think September. if you look at a lot of other teams, fabs too, I think a lot of people are formally adopting the streaming, the streaming effect of the intangibles, the kickers and the defenses at low dollar values. I really, uh, for all the leagues we've been in, I didn't see many transactions where kickers and defenses were going for much more than 20 to 30. Right. There was an occasional, wow, I got to get him for this reason, or I'm a homer and I want that defense. But I didn't see in all the leagues we're in, there, there was a lot of chasing of kickers and defenses. So you, if you take that chip away mentality, it doesn't hurt. I mean, we didn't feel pressured at the end. I mean, hell, we still got Tyler Huntley for a dollar yeah. on a, on a dream because we felt like our quarterbacks were so bad that we needed the three to go into this stage of the playoffs and stage of the competition. We needed those three quarterbacks to have comfort. Um, you know, it, it's, and um, I, I feel like you're not going to get the kickers, you know, because I, I, I played, um, the you know the matchups on defenses and and not so much kickers i'm just i always try to make sure I'm, i have a kicker that week who is playing in a game that that has a you know a decent or a high total um and i don't really get into the kicker minutia too much after that and for defenses you know and when i play in kentucky in the kffsc that it really rewards defenses so a lot of times you'll see um you know more than half the league drafting two defenses which makes it more difficult to play um streaming defenses with that but i feel like you know there's been plenty of defenses where I thought I had the right, I thought I had the right matchup and they, they just sunk, you know, it's funny um, that you say that. Cause that was another reason why, if you look at our fab, there's a lot of weeks where we're like this defense aligned with what they're playing against is going to do really well. And then they don't. And yeah. the team that we cut usually ends up being oh, the defense that, that explodes and has a that's huge the day. Worst. I hate <laughs> it is, oh. It's why I honestly, I don't subscribe to streaming often, but in, in situations like this where you're chipping away with it and you're not spending much, it doesn't feel too bad until you lose that game by a point or two. And then you're like, that it was stupid. Yep. No, I'm with you. I'm totally with you on that. Um, to give you a breather here on 2022 talk, we, we move forward and just ask you a question about 2023. Denver is going to have a new head coach. Now we don't know who it will be. We, we don't know if it's going to be an offensive genius or some defensive stalwart. We have no idea, but knowing what, what, what we saw in Bronco uh, in Broncos country this year, right. In drafts, there's a lot of people, a lot of high stakes players that were loading up on the Broncos. Javante Williams, Cortland Sutton. It, yeah, it, there you go. Exactly. Me too. I'll raise my hand. My name is Eric Balkman. I've invested way too many Denver Broncos. Hi, Eric. Um, this year, knowing that this happened this year where we got, and, and so many people in the high stakes industry got um, the one team so wrong. Are you going to fade Broncos in drafts again next year? Despite, you know, no, not knowing who's going to be the coach, because we got it so wrong this year, what's to say that all of a sudden they're going to be bounce back candidates next year? Yeah, I mean, this is a great question because, again, this is where I feel like almost embarrassed that we took Russ Wilson in the ninth round. And I look at every quarterback for this team where every quarterback drafted after that would have been a much better option for us. And and we felt like we got a bargain. Um, and we have a lot of shares of Court and Sutton uh, across the board. So and, and honestly, he's still a talent that I would be interested in investing in. He'll probably be. If if the OC and the head coach aren't completely 
Jeff Saturday type uh, shots in the dark by management there in Denver, then I think that there's still viability to all of their players. I'm intrigued by Dolchitz, especially in a, mm-hmm. in a tight end pool that really has shown that Kelchi is the God and everyone else is just trying. Um, I'd be interested in, in Dolchitz and it would, shouldn't cost that much. Um, their defense is still, I think probably better than average. Uh, you can't not walk away from McManus and mile high. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm going to go after Russ at all, but I do have a recency bias of failure that I don't think I'll be pursuing any shares of Russ next year, but Cortland Sutton, Judy, Dolchich, some of the other ones, I'll be okay with it depending on the draft capital, but I'm not eager until I hear about who the OC and the right. head coach are going to be. And that's, that's the thing is you got to get somebody who can maximize uh, Russell Wilson's skills, uh, skill set. And that was something Nathaniel Hackett just wasn't able to unlock in, in Denver. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, Teddy, okay, so I bring this up, um, Norm, because this time of year, everybody's making sure they kick over every rock, they examine everything. Maybe a little bit of paralysis by analysis. Maybe a little bit of think long, think wrong. But I know everybody's going to explore it. Tua Tungavailoa um, had a concussion or is experiencing concussion symptoms after the uh, Christmas Day game against the Green Bay Packers. If Teddy Bridgewater is announced as the starter against New England, are you still starting Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell? Or can you make a case for, I don't want to play those guys with Bridgewater this week? Unless it was going to be a, a really bad weather situation, I wouldn't pause. Both of those wide receivers did well with Teddy uh, against Minnesota a couple weeks back. And Teddy's a vet and he knows the game. I mean, obviously Belichick's going to try and disguise things and probably put it out there to try and blanket people. But I, I would not, I, I will not have any problem starting Tyreek Hill, not only because we drafted him high, but because he's, he's going to be okay unless he's injured and nobody's really talked about it. Waddle obviously showed last week that he can definitely still perform in any situation. Uh, and they were really pressuring them. I thought obviously two is still trying to remember his name, right. um, but I, I, I wouldn't have any problem with it uh, for either of those guys this week with Teddy. And I happen to agree with you too. And the other, and the flip side of this is like, okay, well, if you want to, if you don't trust Bridgewater for Hill and, Waddle, what receiver is on your bench that you're going to trust? Right. right. What, what receiver are you or, or running back or tight end or whatever? Who are you putting in and benching Tyree Killer, Jalen Waddle for? You have yeah. to have a really deep, you have to probably be a zero running backer who drafted a totally. really deep core of wides to be able to cover you in that scenario where you're saying, I'm going to sit Tyreek Hill, who's probably drafted first or second and has been a star all year, unless he's hurt. 
again, that's uh, the, that's, that's the yeah. contender is what's the weather going to be like. And is Tyreek Hill banged up? Um, when you look back at this year now, I, I know the, the Broncos you and I missed on um, in a lot of drafts. What, what are some of the players? And I, I say you got right either in two ways. You, you got this player evaluation right um, and that he was awesome and you had him on a lot of teams or conversely, a player that you didn't like at all avoided him everywhere and he stunk up the joint. Are there any players that fall into either one of those categories for you and Jason this year? Yeah, uh, we um, we actually hit on a couple. And Barkley was one of them that we were really high on uh, early. And I, I, I remember a couple drafts where we were getting actually guff from people when we took them in the late first round. Um, and Ramondre is another one that even though he's a later round, and I know that a lot of the zero running backers tried to get him later, but we were focusing on him. And we lost him a lot to some of those zero running backs. We were like, I'm going to get this guy. Uh, Josh Jacobs is another one we were kind of high on. We have a lot of shares of. Uh, and he's done well, although who knows what's going to happen now because he's made his discontentness public. Uh, Tyler Lockett was another one we felt like was heavily undervalued, and we we did well with that. The things that we avoided that we we didn't want anything to do with New Orleans. I wanted nothing to do with Michael Thomas. We wanted nothing to do with Alvin Kamara, and we were able to at least hit that. But there was a lot that we did get wrong, too. We didn't uh, expect to see the production that was out there for um, – I'm trying to think of, well, Geno Smith, we were off on right. that a little bit. Um, it's hard to remember the bad beats or it's, it's hard. What is it? It's hard to remember the good beats and always remember the bad beats. Exactly. Um, obviously Cortland Sutton and Russ Wilson were, they, they hurt those, those hurt to me because we did think that Russ was going to cook. I fell shy of buying an actual shirt saying, let Russ cook, but <laughs> man, I really you're, feel you're like the next, next level down from that as far as, <laughs> As far just, as excitement. just there, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, let me ask you about New Orleans. Why did you? Why were you not interested in New Orleans this year? What turned you off about that team? And this is probably going back to your question about Denver next year. Is that mm -hmm. uh, we had a lot of Michael Thomas. I mean, we both had confidence in him. He really was the do all end all a couple of years ago, and then all the injuries, all the drama really kind of soured him in our minds and we the signs were all there from the get-go that he wasn't going to be a full season he wasn't going to be a full health um kamara we were more concerned about the legal stuff that obviously kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed um but we wanted to avoid that so both of those situations that did end up coming out the way we we thought they would I don't want them to. We do. We still have shares of Kamara. I think we have zero though of Thomas. I, I, we were definitely sour on him and it's because of the negative recency bias that we had from years past, which we probably will have. I will have with Russ Wilson going forward. Um, Kamara Kamara's going to be interesting next year. I was just reading about this today that he's playing on, on third down snaps. I think like 20, um, 20% less um, this season than he has in previous years, which is obviously hurting his receiving totals and the legal stuff should, you know, we, we should know what the suspension is for him next year. And I saw the video too, that like, it wasn't as egregious as the Ray Rice one was, but yeah, I mean, you still see what was going down with Alvin Kamara. It didn't look good. Really um, makes you wonder what kind of effect is it Taysom Hill that's causing him to lose less of those third downs or yeah. is it because there's nobody else there, at least when they had, um, Ingram. Well, and, and the other thing too is Healthy. like they've almost been using Kamara like they were using Ingram as like right. this like inside runner type guy. And like to me, right. that's not utilizing him to his, his advantage, his, 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 his skill set. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. That's that's one guy I probably will not have a whole lot of him. I was actually kicking this around in my head once the season ends. 
what I could get for him in my dynasty leagues. Like what, what, what's the best return I can get back because I, I probably should have sold on him um, before the start of the 2022 season. And now it's like, I don't know if I can get enough back for him, but maybe 2023 will be even worse. Kamara's is probably not a guy I'm be in on uh, next year for sure. How much dynasty share do you have him in one or two? Or... I, yeah, it's probably, it's probably only like two or three leagues. I would say I only play in like seven or eight dynasty leagues. So it, it's, I mean, to, it's like percentage wise, it's like almost half of them. Right. But I think that, um, uh, you know, the, the, I have had a good history of being the bag holder at tight end and receiver. Um, I always bring up Heinz Ward. Like I got Heinz Ward for a song in several of my leagues. And then the dude, when everybody said he was cooked, he had like three or four more all pro or uh, pro bowl years. Right. Um, and tight end, I've had some pretty good success with, with, you know, tight ends that everybody said, oh, they're, they're like Tony Gonzalez, like, oh, they, they're done. Get rid of them. And then I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. And then I keep them. Uh, I have also had some success trading running backs uh, away. Like um, Todd Gurley, I got rid of. That was probably like my best trade ever was when I got rid of Todd Gurley and then he had the knee issue and I cashed in like um, like a Tevin Coleman and then like two first round picks and a second round pick or something like that. Nice. So I was loving life for that one. But that's why I look at this Camaro one. Like I, I feel like I probably waited a year too long, but I – I still think that there might be something there. Somebody might want to be willing. He's, to get he's still relatively young. It's as as if he's not playing in the penal league, you know, with right. the longest yard, it should be fine for him to come back if they can get an offense around him and use him the way, like you said, he's supposed to be being used or should be being used. He will turn 28 during training camp next year, which you say, Oh, that's kind of old. Well, remember yeah. he, he hasn't really been, he, he's not a, he's not your traditional 28 year old running back. Like he has not absorbed the hits of a lot of 28 year old run that a lot of 28 year old running backs have because he was utilized in space. So maybe right. there is somebody out there that says like, you know what? I can see this guy being pretty good in the age 30 and I'll, maybe I'll get two years out of him. And they'll give me something. I don't know. It's, it's something I haven't explored yet, but I will. Um, you have been in the championship round before. I'm just kind of curious as to your thoughts on this. Maybe you have some, maybe you don't. Um, what's something that maybe players who are watching this norm that have never been in the championship round before here in championship week, what's the best advice you can give them on, on playing it the correct way? What's a mistake that they should avoid making? It's, you know, and it's, everyone's got their own uh, way to, to analyze things. The, the biggest thing I think that would be a problem that uh, people overthink, they overthink what they've got in their roster. Don't, I mean, I say that after just saying that we, we, we absolutely, killed the the text line on talking about the zay jones sit in the last week's weather with uh with sauce gardner but you have to really think about certain things but don't overthink it there's certain things you have to rely on you have to rely on what got you there to this point and that's kind of what we've been focusing on in in back and forth since last night is okay what got us here we just need to set the best roster don't overthink it and then if nothing else try and enjoy it because that's again where i keep reminding myself look if we weren't second, whatever, if we were 832nd, it wouldn't be any different. We got here from winning a championship in the league and got what we got. And we're having this great opportunity to compete at this next level for a huge prize. Don't make it about the, oh, I wish I had played that. Don't make it about the, oh, I wish I had this player or I had fab available to me. Just remember that it's fun. This is a game. Enjoy it. Uh, truer words have never been spoken. Uh, I totally agree with you on that. Enjoy the moment, live in the moment. You never know when this is going to happen again. Don't look at the bad side of it. Look at the good side of it, uh, and, and be happy that it's, that it's happening and enjoy it while it's there. 
Um, I don't want to, and final question here for you, Norm. I don't want to make this seem like, oh, um, there's a player that a lot of FFPC people are going to start this week um, and he's going to stink. So you should probably bench him. It's tough to say to, to, to people with everything on the line to bench your studs or anything like that. But when you look at week 17 fantasy football, is there a player out there that you think is going to be started in a lot of leagues that probably should not be started in, in a lot of leagues because you think he's in for a, for a disappointing week 17 and then conversely a sleeper that you think is, is most FFPC players won't start him, but you think that they should start him in their lineups. Uh, again, having all the conversation that we had, the, the person I think that would be a, a possible sit that wouldn't be. And, and again, this is only looking at Monday night's example. Michael Pittman's not going to be something uh, going against the Giants that I would feel comfortable starting if I had an other alternative with a better matchup. And that's on a lot of, I have him in a lot of teams and he, that, that whole offense is Denver light. And, and I, I, I don't know what to do in a situation where you've drafted Michael Pittman and you want to rely on him as a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two, that offense looks horrible and they can't protect anybody. Uh, I mean, who knows they're going to march out for the pretzel vendor of the week for the QB there after Foles' failure. So yeah. it's going to be really a struggle, I think, for Pittman to produce at the level that you'd want him to produce. You'd have to have something to be able to put in play there. But like we talked about, there's no fab, and you have to have a deep bench to be able to put him out. But that would probably be a sleeper sit, if you could call it that, but it seems kind of silly. I I would go out of my way to try and avoid anyone from Indianapolis or Denver this week just because those teams are in such disarray. Um, but again, you have to play who you've got. And if you don't have anybody different other than Pittman or other than Sutton, who I think I actually left Sutton and some teams still on the bench because I didn't really think he was going to start. And then I didn't have the ability to swap him in, even at a flex, because they didn't say he was going to start until later. Right. So, and I would have loved to have gotten him in there because I've been holding on to him forever in the hopes that he would come back and do something. But uh, so for a sleeper start, I think this is probably a reach and I, and I don't have a lot of shares and we don't have them on this team. I wish we did. It was Drake London. I think he's going to have a huge week. I think this is the, the next step in Atlanta's evolution and they've got nothing to play for. So why wouldn't they throw the entire book out there for Ritter and Drake London to just practice what they're going to do next year, which is hopefully a lot more. He was a highly coveted uh, player for me along with Olave that I wanted shares of both of them early. And um, I think he's going to have a good week here in the last week. If people have him, I did see on a lot of when going back through, cause I've got some VP teams that still have fa uh, waivers available where he's been waived and you can't pick him up because he's, he's on the, the drop and block the drop list. Yeah. Right. So people might not have him still cause they got frustrated. But if you look at the last three weeks, he's got over seven targets, I think each week and, and um, a bunch of catches and touchdowns. So he should have a good run of things against Arizona at home. Yeah. And, and it's, it's crazy. I think like this time next year, maybe in two years, Norm, we'll be looking back on this 2022 rookie receiver class. I mean, you mentioned um, London and Olave already, but you think about, I mean, Garrett Wilson has been right. unbelievable. Wilson and Olave around the same Ohio State team last year. Mm -hmm. um, Jamison Williams, who has been coming on. Right. Um, uh, Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks. Dotson. Um, and Dotson, who has been coming on lately, too. And this is all, by the way, like, um, you know, Pickens and, and Pierce has had his moments, and and we'll see what, what happens with those guys. Um, but um, Christian Watson. Romeo Dobbs, and then uh, who is the other guy? Oh, for Houston, 
John Mechie the third had it was like leukemia or some kind of right. cancer or something. Right. He didn't play at all this year. Right. Uh, Taekwon Thornton showed flashes too. So I don't know this. This could be a really, really talented uh, receiver. It's going to depend, though, on whether these offensive coordinators can utilize them the right way and if we can get quarterbacks that actually are better than uh, Zach Wilson and some right. of the other dumpster fires that are – even the veterans are starting to look a little rusty on some of this. And, and you can have great receivers, but if you don't have a coordinator who's going to utilize them and a quarterback that can get it there, I don't know. But it, you're right. This is a deep class of wide receivers, and, and that was the frustrating thing about the draft is you always want to get rookie talents, but you – you can't get them all because other people are just as excited about them. And then it's a, it's a roll of the dice. And, and, and I will say too, like with, with there's going to be a certain amount of teams that are looking for head coaches, uh, new head coaches, and obviously new quarterbacks to pair with those new head coaches, the quarterback crop for, for 2023 looks really good with obviously Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. You have um, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, uh, Tanner yeah. McKee out of uh, Stanford as well. Um, so there's uh there's some, I mean, we could see like, you know, four quarterbacks going in like the top 15, top 10 picks. That, that's entirely possible. And if that happens to pair them up with these good young receivers, it's certainly going to make fantasy football a lot more fun in 2023. Um, and fantasy football for week 17 for you. I don't know how fun it's going to be uh, for you, Norm. What what are your plans for this weekend? How are you How are you watching the games? Again, trying to stay to the same course we've always kept on through these last five weeks of, of playoff championship in the league, and then obviously these last three weeks. But uh, it's 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 just going to be trying to put the best roster out there, crossing our fingers and hoping that uh, the Go Bills guys are are not as in tune with the uh, hopefully the almanac only goes 2021 and 2022 and they don't have the first week of 2023 it's, in it. it. It stops after week 16 <laughs> of 2022. And again, I, I, I think they've got it wrapped up because they've got the Mahomes, Kelchi, McKinnon combo. That's going to put them well out of everyone else's reach, but everyone around me, again, I feel like I'm in a bunch of, uh, I feel like I'm in Buffalo airport because there's just a bunch of Buffalo players on the teams that are around me and we have nobody going Monday night. So it's going to be horrible watching the butter yeah. melt on a, season uh going into monday night and hopefully we have everything right because otherwise we're just going to be one of those teams like i said that dropped out of the top 20 like last year i don't want to be but that's right. that's that's probably what's i'm not gonna say it's probably in the cards but i'm i'm hoping it's not well listen what regardless congratulations on a fantastic season Thanks. getting Thanks. all the way up to second place with just one week to go is an incredible accomplishment i'm pulling for you i hope you can squeeze it out pull off the upset uh, down with Biff Tan and 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 make sure that uh, that that you can pull this out. It'd be it'd be tremendous uh, to see you guys uh, win the million uh, or at least you know a six figure grand prize if you can't pull that. I mean, up. heck, we did it in the regular season. We started out zero and four, and we ended up being the second seed with most and, total points. So. Yeah. Now was this team was this team? I I I, I could be wrong in this. Was this team six and six? On yeah, season? yeah. Six six, is, we usually only run with two main events, and our main event, our our normal main event, was actually a higher record, uh, but less points, and we didn't get a seeding. But this one was six and six, and we obviously had a very tough uh, league to compete against because again, we were second seed, and we were only eight points out of being the most total points. So we didn't stop the guy from getting the sweep, but uh, again, we got the seed, and we got the buy-in, and we got the championship. So that's that's cake. Now this is all icing, and I just hope we can keep it up. Yeah, well, hopefully you enjoy the cake and the icing uh, <laughs> in, in week 16. You follow him on Twitter at Amity Hooks. He is Norm Barron's. Norton, thank you so much for joining me this week. Really appreciate it. Best of luck to you, not only in week 16, but the playoff challenge and, and next year as well. Thank you so much. Thanks, Balky. Happy New Year. You got it. Happy New Year to you too, Norm. Uh, that is Norm Barron's.
the co-owner of the second place team in the FFPC main event heading into the final week of the season here on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. I want to thank him. I want to thank the FFPC and everybody who made this show possible. Um, I want to remind everybody to play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. Make sure you're doing that uh, over at myffpc.com. It is a, a game that does not require a draft, a game that does not require a salary cap. You choose 10 players or 12 players. If you want to play in the slim format or the um, the classic format with uh, with kickers and defenses, and uh, you watch them ride throughout the weekend's games. It's set it and forget it. Uh, one player per NFL team, thirty five dollars to enter or two hundred dollars to enter. You can play in a, a hundred team format, a thirty team format, or a ten team format. If you play in the ten team format, if you beat out um, everybody uh, else in your league, uh, nine other people, uh, you will win a free entry in the twenty twenty three FFPC main event to compete. For a million bucks. Um, I want to remind everybody that the playoff challenges for the FFPC are open right now. The world famous FFPC playoff challenge, $200 to enter a $500,000 grand prize. And then of course the uh, football guys playoff challenge, $35 to enter a $100,000 grand prize in there. Start 2023 off with a big bang with a six figure grand prize. That's all at myffpc.com. Um, next week, uh, we will be back live with the Rotoviz High Stakes Slowdown. I have our guest, and he is going to be uh, Matt Berman, who is also crushing the FFPC main event right now. Matt Berman, you saw him before on the HSFF Hour. He will be the guest at 10, 9 Central next Tuesday here. Uh, tune into the Better Sports Network uh, app, which you can get free in the Google uh, Play Store or the App Store uh, for Apple. Um, that's free. You can watch me on that at uh, 10 o'clock until midnight Eastern tomorrow. Uh, Curtis Patrick and myself uh, ha chopping it up on championship week for you uh, from 10 to midnight. That's on the Better Sports Network app, also on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And then, of course, uh, Friday night, myself and Farrell Elliott uh, kicking it live at 10, 9 Central right back here on this FFPC YouTube channel with another great episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, episode number 601. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Really appreciate it. Good luck in all of your championship week matchups. Hopefully the ball bounces your way. Thanks for watching. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.